Amen. Well, hey, we're going to jump into the message today. And as I said, we're kicking off a brand new series. It's called Beyond Survival. Beyond Survival. You know, right now in uh, the world and everything that's going on, I think the mindset that many people have, maybe you, and, and I know for myself at times, is just this idea of trying to just get through the, these next few weeks, get through these months, get through to getting back to work, get through the fear, getting through the pandemic. It's this mindset of survival. So I know this is geeky, but wherever you are, if you're like, yeah, I actually kind of had a survival mindset. I've thought about preserving my life, preserving my finances. I haven't really thought about bigger things. I've just kind of been thinking about the here and the now. Just raise your hand, okay? Now, if your spouse is there and they didn't raise their hand and you know that's them, you need to give them, a, give them an elbow, but just in a kind way. Don't be, don't be, too, don't be too harsh. But if that's you, just raise your hand. How, how have you, or, or if you're on uh, Facebook Live here, if you've got a phone, then put it in the comments. Say, yep, that's me. I've been thinking this way. I've had this kind of mentality of survival. And here's the thing. When we spend so much time in life thinking about survival, we sort of miss this idea or miss this higher purpose that we weren't just called to survive. We were called to thrive. In fact, you were designed as a human being in the image of God. We find out in the book of Genesis that we were designed in the image of God for great purpose, to be an image bearer, a reflection of God's glory and his goodness and creativity and purpose out into the world around us. And so when we get locked into a survival mindset, a survival mode, what often goes away first is sort of that higher purpose and that deep joy and that deep satisfaction of what it looks like to really thrive. And so over the next few weeks, I'm going to share just a couple of thoughts with you that I know have the power to change your life if you will listen to them, learn them, bring them down from that head to the heart level and into action. They can absolutely change your life about being living beyond survival. Now, the thing about survival is it matters. It's important. How many of you, and you can again comment in the, in the, in the comments there, are pro-survival? Because I definitely am, right? I have this, these, uh, I heard this one time, I have these two nasty habits. I like to sleep inside, sleep indoors, and I like to eat, right? I like to sleep and eat. And those are great things. I like to have a roof over my head. I like to have food on the table. I like to survive. We all do. Survival matters, but it's not a worthy goal in life. In other words, if survival is the one goal that you sort of put on a pedestal uh, in your life, and that's what you aim for and run after and chase after, you're going to miss so much of what God has for you, and you're going to miss out. You're going to be unsatisfied in life. It's, un, it, it's not enough. Because when our basic survival needs are met, we immediately, as human beings, we look for more, right? I want you to think about this. Uh, we immediately look for more. When you have enough money in the bank account to basically get by, when you have your basic needs met, your survival you know, baseline is met, you immediately start going, okay, how can I make an impact in the world? How can I build up my business? How can I build up my, my profession? How can I build up my skill set? How can I help other people? This is in, inbuilt. It's wired into us as human beings. It comes right from the way we were designed by God because we were made for more. We long to make something of ourselves and to make something of the world. I mean, if you go back to the book of Genesis, again, right at the very beginning, and you don't even have to be a Christian to understand what I'm talking about here, but this Christian worldview, it tells a story about God placing uh, humanity, placing mankind into this garden atmosphere that was, that was uh, 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 set up by God, and, 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 and his design and his, his handiwork was evident there. But God tells them, hey, I want you to tend and keep the garden, and I want you to I want you to make something of the world, okay? 
And so even though God had established this, there was still work to be done. There was creative purpose. And so Adam and Eve, these two uh, proto-humans here, right? And it's a picture for all of us. They were designed for more. They were made not just to get by. They were made to thrive. They were made to make something of themselves and the world. And that's why when you have your needs met at a survival level, you long for more. We all do, okay? Because that's what we were designed for. It says in Ephesians chapter 2.10, this is a letter that was written thousands of years ago by a man named Paul to a church in a city called Ephesus. Okay, and Paul wrote these words to them and they ring through history to us today. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. I love that word. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, I'm not gonna preach on this verse for very long, but I want you to, to get something here because there's a, there's a nuance in this that's important to catch. Paul says, guys, listen, Jesus came. He, he created us, God, God created us anew. In other words, he's bringing new purpose, a new life. He's doing this work again. Why? Because he wants to get us back to this place where we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. In other words, we're a new creation because the first creation had purpose and meaning. It got broken, busted, marred, destroyed, off track, off purpose because of sin and darkness. But Christ came in to get us back on track. Why? Because we were designed for purpose, okay? We were designed to thrive. We weren't just designed to survive. So all of this work that God is doing through Christ in the world is to get human beings back to this original intention, back to this place of thriving, okay? So the big question for us though today, and where we're going to kind of circle uh, around on today is this. Is it possible to truly thrive in the midst of crisis? Because right now, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, we are in the midst of crisis, right? There's global economic crisis. We have sickness and death and illness, pandemic, pestilence, right? All of these things are going on. Uh, and, and, and many of you are probably experiencing personal crisis. I know members of Joy Church right now that are going through personal crisis. And, and, but, but even beyond the personal crisis, there's crisis in the world, okay? Truly on a, on a global scale, maybe for uh, not the first time in history, but the first time in many of our history, right? Many of, of our lifetimes, this is the first time we've experienced something of these epic proportions. And so the question is, can we thrive? You know, Pastor Jake, sure, I know you're, you're saying go beyond survival, but, but I really am just thinking about survival. Is it even possible to truly thrive in the midst of crisis? And I believe the answer is yes. And here's why. Because thriving does not depend on perfect circumstances. Thriving doesn't depend on perfect circumstances. One of my favorite authors is G.K. Chesterton, and he said this, happiness depends on what happens, but joy is a different matter. Happiness is fickle. Happiness is on the kite string. You know, it rides the wind of circumstances. Uh, when, 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 when you find out that your neighbor got their economic stimulus check, but you didn't, you go, well, why did they get their money? I want my money. I paid my taxes. Why didn't I get my stimulus? I need to be stimulated, right? And happiness, that got a lot of laughs here. <laughs> happiness, it depends on what happens. It goes up and down based on what you're going through, what's happening in your life. But joy, as Chesterton says, is not connected to circumstances. It's not being blown about in the winds of change. Joy comes from a different source, okay? Thriving does not depend on perfect circumstances. And Paul, the same guy that wrote the, the last piece that we covered in Ephesians, he said this to a church in, in uh, Macedonia in the, in, his, in the book called uh, Philippians, chapter 4. He says, I know how to live 
on almost nothing or with everything. Right? I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. He says, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty. Now, I have to be honest, for me, the, the full stomach, I got that, not the empty one. Okay, but Paul says, I can do it. Full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I know that, you know, all the football players put this on their, their, you know, their, their eye blackout, whatever, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to, we're going to crush state because, you know, we, <laughs> because God's with us. Okay. Maybe. Uh, even though I'm like a completely avowed, totally crazy, rabid Oregon Ducks fan, and I know it's God's team, as all the people in Eugene will attest to, uh, you know, and there really are no other teams that God really, you know, supports. We know that's true, right? Being facetious. Okay, but uh, beyond the football player thing and beyond that, I, I don't know if God really is caring so much um, which team scores the touchdowns. But what Paul is actually talking about here, though, is going through the ups and downs of life. You know, how do you know you're going to have trouble in life? Because you're a human being. You're alive, right? You're going to go through the ups and downs. Paul says, but I found out the secret. If you have Christ, I can go through everything. In other words, my happiness, my fulfillment, my, my capacity for life, for living is not connected to everything that's happening around me. I'm not an externally controlled person, not a slave to circumstances. I'm free because I belong to Jesus. I have Christ on the inside. My, the source of my joy, okay? This is what he's He's kind of commenting on here, and this is the beauty of this. Thriving does not depend on perfect circumstances. Is it possible to truly thrive in the midst of crisis? The answer is yes, because if you have the right source internally, you can handle anything that comes at you externally, okay? One of the things that that came to my mind, into my attention as, as I was praying and studying for this message to share with you was this thought that the thing you can't live without is what you're really living for. The thing that you can't get by without is the thing you're really living for. And so what's fascinating to me is through this crisis, I've even found myself tied to some things where I'm like, well, I can't go to my favorite restaurant. And I start to, like, and it was just a minor annoyance, but then it starts to become a little bit greater. And there's other things. How about the economy. How about watching your stocks just crash down? You know, we, a lot of us got to watch that happen. That's not so fun, right? We like roller coasters, but not when it's on our bank account, right? Stay out. We want that only to go up. Uh, how many of you recognized through this time that there were some things that you were like, ooh, I felt a pinch there. I can't live without that. Well, the thing you can't live without is really what you're living for. And this is what a lot of people are discovering right now, is that if that can get taken away from you by circumstances, you're in big trouble, if the thing that really, really gets under your skin and gets you all agitated and upset is the thing that can get taken away when the world goes haywire as it is and as it will, even if it goes back to normal, even when it goes back to normal, it will go up, it will go down, it will go up, it will go down. If the thing that you have built your life on that you get your joy from, that is your source, can be taken away from you by anything outside of you, you are in trouble. You are not safe. You are not secure. There is a problem here. But if Christ is the source of your life, then nothing can steal your joy. If Christ becomes the foundation, the bedrock, the thing that you derive your joy from, if he becomes the purpose and the meaning and the fulfillment of your life, then nothing can steal your joy. So I ask you again, is it possible to thrive even in the midst of circumstances? And the answer is yes. 
but only when you have the right source, only when you are connected not to the winds of change and your, your kite of happiness is getting blown back and forth, back and forth, up and down. But when your source is Christ, you have a solid foundation and from the inside out, you can have joy. Nothing can steal. Jesus himself talks about this in John chapter 10. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. Who's the thief? It's the enemy of your soul. It's Satan. But the thief could also be your own desires and flesh that take you away from God. But the thief comes to steal, okay? It comes to kill. It comes to destroy. What does Jesus say, though? He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In one of the passages in the translations, it says, I've come that they may have life and life more abundantly. When you study this out in the original Greek language, uh, which my Greek really extends mostly to, you know, gyro and falafel and those types of things, but when you study this out in the original Greek, it's really saying life, life, life times two. Jesus says, I've come that you may have life, life. In other words, life, but then life multiplied. Okay, Jesus is saying, Look, the, the, the plan of the world, what, what you're going to do when you pursue your own desires and you give your life over to the enemy, the thief, what he's going to come is he's going to steal from you. So you pursue more, but you always have less. He's going to kill you. So he's going to kill your dreams. He's going to kill your hope. He's going to kill your family. He's going to kill your mental uh, well-being. He's going to kill everything he can do to kill you and just knock you down. But that's not all he does. He doesn't just kill you. He destroys you. I want you to think about the whole idea of a scorched earth, you know, it's not, we didn't just knock out the enemy, we also destroyed their capacity for life. When you try to pursue your own life and you get into the thief's plan for your life, it just gets negative, 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 negative. And many of you have experienced this. We all have tasted of death and our own sins and our own shortcomings and fallings. But Jesus says, listen to my plan for your life. I want to give you life and life to the full. I want to give you life, life more abundantly. I want to give you life times life. This is the kind of internal thriving type of a thing that we're talking about. Is it possible to thrive in the midst of circumstances? Yes, when you have the right source. Jesus is the right source. But listen to this part. The very next verse, John 10, 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So what we find here, this is so interesting that paradoxically, okay, it's Jesus who ends up sacrificing or laying down his life for us so that we can live. And this movement of being a Christian is to lay down your life and trust Jesus that if you will lay down your life for the one that laid his life down for you, there's resurrection life, life, life. And this is what hundreds and thousands and millions of people have discovered throughout history is that when you tie your source to anything that this world can touch, you are in trouble. But when you connect with Christ, when you give your life to Jesus, when you lean into life and life more abundantly, that your joy becomes not decreased, but increased. And that the life you have, even though you're laying your life down for Jesus, you're surrendering to him and you're following him in your life, it actually increases your joy and increases the beauty and the majesty of life that he gives you. It's a wonderful thing. I want to close with this simple story. The other day I walked into our kitchen and uh, those of you that know my wife, she's incredible, she's brilliant, she's beautiful, amazing, and she's way too good for me, and I can hear a big amen coming from somewhere, uh, from everywhere here in town, but she's amazing. But one of the things that she's so amazing in is she's a wonderful gardener, incredible. Uh, she has a beautiful garden at our house, and she's always getting plants and different things, and we get these beautiful vegetables, and it's, it's awesome. Uh, just to be honest, it's incredible. 
And the other day I walked into our kitchen and I see on the windowsill behind our sink, there's all these like really ugly looking stubs uh, and, and they look like garbage. Okay, so like, you know, when you throw away veggies, you cut your lettuce, you know, down to the stem or your, your celery stalks or whatever, you have the, the leftover, the, the gross part, you know, and you just chuck it in the garbage. Well, that's what I saw was those stubs, those, those kind of gnarly looking stubs, and they were sitting in jars of water. And they were there on the windowsill. And I said, hey, babe. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> What's this? And I said, I'm not criticizing because she probably thought he's going to tell me to throw these away, these garbage plants. And, and, but I actually wasn't because I could see that there was these tendrils coming out of them. And I said, babe, what, what's this? She goes, well, I, I, I put those in the right atmosphere. I put them in the right environment. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm bringing them back and they're growing again. And I thought, what an incredible, beautiful picture of what it looks like when a person gives their life to Jesus. Because maybe right now, and maybe throughout your life, maybe not just in this crisis, but maybe this whole time, you've been living, uh, you've been pursuing this life, and, and you've been trying to survive. You've been trying to get by, you've been trying to get ahead, or you've been trying to get even, you know, to get back at the people that wronged you, that hurt you. And in the process of that, maybe you feel like your life has been tossed in the garbage. You were the cutoff stub, you were the end, the other part is gone, but now all that's left is this garbage life, this nasty, old, beat-up root stalk of a vegetable tossed in the garbage. Maybe you feel like in life you've been chewed up, you've been spit out, you've been thrown away, but what can happen in your life when you trust in Christ is that just like Bethany, this, this wonderful gardener who knows what she's doing, she, she takes those discarded pieces and is bringing them back to life there's resurrection life because she's placing them in a place where they can thrive with the right atmosphere, with the right water, with the right sun, with the right care, even that which was discarded, even which was, was misused, even which was thrown out is now being brought back to life. And that is what God can do for you. As you listen to me talk right now and you say, okay, I hear you, pastor. You're saying that I can thrive in the midst of circumstances, but I've never thrived before. I, I, I've never even really hit that place of thriving. What does that even look like? What well, it looks like having a relationship with Jesus where he becomes the source of your life, of your strength, of your joy, where he becomes your closest friend, your confidant that you pour out the deep issues of your heart. He becomes your savior. He becomes your Lord. You follow him as he leads you in life. And it's just like these resurrection plants, right? Pulled out of the garbage, placed in the right atmosphere. And when you connect with Jesus, his life and his life more abundantly is going to flood into your heart and you're going to bloom again. You're going to thrive even in the midst of crisis. It's absolutely possible. You can become the person that God made you to be. You can achieve the destiny that God designed for you to achieve. You can accomplish all that he's called you to do. You can have new life and new hope in Jesus' name. You know, right now as we get ready to close, I want to make an invitation as I've been talking about. Maybe you are that plant that's been tossed in the garbage and discarded, and that's how you feel, but you're, go, you're going, Jake, I want, I want new life. The answer is to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The answer is to trust him as your Lord and Savior, to confess your sins to him and to put your belief and allegiance upon Christ and follow him as a disciple. And all you have to do is call out to him. All you have to do is make that decision, and he recognizes it and honors it. And then you take those steps, you follow as he leads you. And so what I want to do is ask you to pray with me. I'm just going to pray this prayer. You can repeat it how you want to pray, but it's not magic words. It's not 
the prayer that makes you a Christian. It's just putting your faith in Jesus. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you. I confess my sin to you. I know that I have not lived up to your perfect standard. My life is broken. I've hurt others and I've been hurt. But I pray for your grace and mercy to come flooding into my heart as I put my trust in you. I thank you for your grace and mercy. And I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, I want to encourage you to take one simple step of faith, just one simple step. We want to ask you to text the word decided, okay? We're going to put it on the screen for you, so wherever you've got it, you can, you can see it, whether you're watching on uh, the various streaming platforms. I want to ask you to fill out this, uh, or to, to text the word decided to 541-229-8848. Text the word decided to 541-229-8848, and we're going to help you Take this, this journey following Jesus, okay? It's the best decision you've ever made that you could ever make, but you don't do it alone. So text the word decided right now. Don't delay. So here's the thing. You might be going, okay, I'll do it later. I'm gonna wait till this is over. No, we're gonna finish right now. So don't wait. Right now, pull out your phone. Text the word decided to 541-229-8848. Guys, it's been so great being with you this week. It's been an awesome time. I pray that you are blessed. I pray that you are encouraged. You can thrive even in the midst of crisis when you connect with Christ. God bless you.